Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. We just entered 2022, and for many, it's dry January, which is ditching alcohol in the first month of the new year to drink less or perhaps detox from going a bit overboard over the holidays. While this is one month for some, it has turned into a lifestyle for others. Daydream, that's Eat Beyond's portfolio company, recently created a sparkling water-infused beverage with hemp extracts and adaptogens to keep up with that demand for no alcohol. Here to tell us more about it is Michael O'Coin, CEO of Eat Beyond. Hi, Michael, and welcome to the NutraCast. Hi, Daniel. Great to be with you. It's great to have you on. So for those who don't know, tell me a little bit about Eat Beyond and then its portfolio company, Daydream Drinks. Yeah, certainly happy to. Eat Beyond is what's classified as an investment issuer. So really what we do is uh, we have the ability to invest in pre-IPO companies and private companies and startups and help them accelerate where, where we really like to focus is on emerging markets. So, you know, things like adaptogenic beverages, plant-based uh, foods, so on and so forth. And what we do is we invest in these companies, but we bring a suite of advisors to truly help them accelerate and uh, realize the, uh, the full potential of their great ideas. So very much a cross between a, a venture capital firm and an incubator. Uh, is is what we do. So so kind of exciting. And and what it does, we're publicly traded, interestingly enough, which allows retail investors that don't typically have the ability to invest in private companies and pre-IPO companies to participate in that growth as well. So uh, we have a number of portfolio companies that we're very excited about, but but notably uh, what we'll be talking about today is uh, Daydream Drinks and an interesting startup uh, out of Canada. Uh, they've done some really great work, a couple of entrepreneurs with a, with a ton of uh, energy. Um, and, and what they've really been responding to is the trend uh, towards adaptogenic beverages and, and somewhat self-care as, as people are trying to really understand how they can better improve their health, improve their mental wellness as, as they go forward. So Daydream's launched a, a number of uh, varieties of beverages uh, that are sold predominantly in Canada for the time being in, in regular grocery stores, but also natural specialty stores. And, uh, and they've kind of hit the ground running. So we're happy to be partnered with them. Wow. Yeah. So very interesting. And so there's definitely a demand right now for these plant-based adaptogen beverages. Clearly it's resonated with consumers. I mean, what do you think is fueling that growth of this market segment? Well, there's a dramatic increase in the awareness of mental health and and mental health issues. And a lot of people are trying to find more natural ways other than just pharmaceuticals uh, to, to medicate and to, to work on, you know, mental health issues. And I think adaptogenic beverages uh, are, are one of those in terms of how they, they go about that. Uh, there are a number of different uh, key ingredients that show up in a number of these uh, that, you know, promote calmness, uh, you know, mental acuity, all those kinds of things. And I think that emerging consumer trend has really driven a lot of the interest in adaptogenic beverages. We've seen a tremendous amount of growth. It's a very busy space. There are a lot of entrepreneurs and startups in that space, uh, but we're excited about how uh, Daydream has really hit the ground running. It is interesting just kind of watching how the perception of mental health has evolved over the past, say, decade. I'm thinking about, you know, when Britney Spears, for instance, was like the butt of the joke on every late night TV show. And now we're really focusing on our well-being and our mental health. You know, looking back over the past few years, let's say 10 years for you, I mean, would you ever have imagined you'd be working with drinks that are focused on well-being? 
No, the honest answer is no. I think uh, the evolution that's gone on from a societal perspective has been, you know, positive, but, but, uh, you know, astoundingly so in terms of uh, people's ability to speak about uh, mental health, uh, use the example of Britney Spears. We see a lot in the sporting world now too, is uh, pro athletes talking about mental health and, and making sure they're taking care of mental health as well as they're taking care of their, their, their physical attributes. They were just, I'd say regular health. And it's really evolved. So quite frankly, 10 years ago, uh, at most, you were thinking about the possibility of, of hemp on its own. In Canada, with the, the, the deregulation of cannabis, there was a little bit of discussion about that self-medication on those fronts, uh, but not the way it's exploded into adaptogenic beverages and so forth. Definitely. And yeah, great point with the athletes making mental health and mental well-being so much less taboo. Um, And then more in recent years, I mean, has the pandemic altered consumers' relationship with mental health and alcohol as well? Uh, Absolutely. Look, I think the pandemic has been a bit of a fulcrum point for mental health as, as quite frankly, it puts stresses on on everyone in every walk of life, whether it was uh, concerns about, uh, about vaccination, concerns about isolation, and isolation was a really big one in terms of how it impacted people. And it changed people's uh, relationships, certainly with, with, you know, alcohol and alternative ways of self-medicating. As, as they tried to cope with that, it was, you know, from a societal perspective, that the pandemic has been a really difficult time for people to go through. So they've been looking for any ways they, they can help. And we've seen a lot of growth across, across that front in terms of how that's impacted these categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pandemic has definitely ushered in a bevy of new consumer trends. Uh, some are drinking more, of course, and then many are just putting down the bottle entirely. Talk to me about this sober curious movement. I think it really emanates from a couple of consumer concerns. One, there's certainly an underlying health issue with alcohol consumption, particularly regular or excessive alcohol consumption um, that, that people are cognizant of. I think, you know, and, and pre-pandemic, you know, for the last 10 or 15 years, we saw the emergence of a mixology culture, but a lot of people who weren't maybe interested in consuming alcohol weren't able to participate and then, quite frankly, we've seen a lot of innovation in the low alcohol or zero alcohol uh, beverages that, that have allowed people to replicate that kind of consumption experience without necessarily uh, triggering some of the negative effects of, of alcohol. Concomitant to that, you know, as some people would have used, whether appropriately or not, alcohol for self-medication or mental health issues and these kinds of things. We now have adaption beverages um, that allow people to find a possibly a healthier way to self-medicate around that and achieve the desired mental health outcomes. So I think I think all of those elements have really driven that curiosity around, you know, low alcohol, no alcohol beverages and that sober curious lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned the low to no, and there is also that flexitarian approach of low alcohol. Is that another trend that really stands out as consumers look to counteract the the negative health and anxiety effects of the pandemic? Yeah, I absolutely think so. They they're they're clearly um, want to make sure that they're addressing you know any gaps or perceived issues from a mental health perspective. But I think increasingly they're understanding that that you know regular alcohol consumption at quantity is an issue. So I think that's had people kind of starting to figure out how can they mix their consumption and then manage it a little bit better so as not to be consumed quite so much alcohol. And we, we've seen that that approach. There's certainly, you know, a lot of people still consuming alcohol. I don't think that's going to go away, but we just see that increasing as, as a proportion of consumers are, are looking at different ways to approach uh, their consumption. 
Mm -hmm. What are some specific benefits that you're hearing from consumers that they're looking for? Well, I think certainly uh, there, there's a health element to, to avoiding excessive alcohol consumption. There's certainly also the attendant risks of alcohol consumption of, of you know, paired capacity, so on and so forth, that you don't get with adaptogen type beverages or low alcohol beverages that, you know, whether that's, you know, the, the, the classics of drinking and driving or any, any other issues about impaired judgment. And, you know, it's, it's a small piece of it, but also in a Me Too environment, I think, um, avoiding excessive alcohol consumption means you don't open yourself up to any kind of abuse or those kinds of things that, that alcohol, you know, at, at, at the extremes can be, you know, uh, connected to. So I think some of those are the, some of those motivations. Uh, what about flavor? How important is, you know, various flavor innovations? Flavor is very important in terms of making sure a product just tastes good. And I think consumers are looking to find uh, certainly different flavors and experiment with different flavors, but it's not just flavors, but also the different types of adaptogens that, that are used. And there are a number of them that people are trying to figure out what is the right mix in terms of how they're using these adaptogens uh, for whether it's, you know, mood altering, um, you know, uh, calming, you know, sleep aids, these kinds of things. So I think there's a lot of uh, trial that's going on with consumers on, on both fronts in terms of finding something they like that tastes good, whether it's a different different fruit flavors or combinations thereof, or different uh, raw ingredients that are, are achieving the desired benefits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of newer products that have the stronger flavors, the botanical blends, and then a really distinct aroma. Yeah, and, and aroma is a may, maybe a a less appreciated part of full delivery in terms of how product relates. When, when you taste a product, aroma and smell is a huge piece of how you experience that product, not just the taste in your mouth. Um, so uh, playing around with different aromas and how that translates into the product experience is very important. What are some of the aromas that you guys might be playing around with? I think Daydream has been quite innovative as they've really sought out to find those flavors that one certainly differentiate them from the pack. You know, one of the ones that's pretty interesting right now, they've got a, a cucumber lime that they've, they've just launched, you know, again, something you would find in that mixology world is as, as flavoring, but you wouldn't find necessarily in, 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 in kind of the soda pop world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you look at things like blackberry chai, peach ginger, again, just interesting mixes of flavors that really bring that experience and, and, and you know, whether it's the flavor and aroma that brings it out uh, really enhances that experience. I, that just suddenly made me really thirsty. <laughs> it sounds so refreshing right now. <laughs> Great. That, 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 that's success. Number one, that's what they're going for. <laughs> so just looking ahead, you know, it's early 2022, but I mean, do you have any predictions uh, for the future of low and no alcohol beverages? Well, I, I think there's a lot of runway for this. I think it, we're seeing the beginning of a trend. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the full scope of it is. We've seen, seen forecasts that have it in the next five, six years as a billion dollar industry in the US. Wow. Um, uh, could, could even be bigger than that uh, once, it, once it gets to scale. Uh, it'll be really interesting just to see how consumers respond and how that continues to evolve. And particularly coming post-pandemic. I think post-pandemic, people are going to retain that focus on uh, mental health and managing their mental health and self-medication. So I think there's still a lot of runway for this space. And I think we'll see a lot of innovation coming from a variety of entrepreneurs. So again, we're, we're excited about capitalizing on that opportunity. Yeah, I'm excited to sit back and see what happens with that. Uh, million dollar question for you. Will wellness take over alcohol? 
Oh, uh, will wellness take over alcohol? Uh, alcohol has a big head start. I think at term it will, but term is, 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 is more than a decade away. For sure, it's uh, simply give, given the scale of what it is. I think wellness uh, will continue to grow in the consumer's mindset uh, and, and importantly so. And we'll, we'll see tremendous growth and a tremendous growth opportunity in this space for years to come. But it will take you know, a number of years for that to happen. It will be fascinating to kind of sit back and watch this over the years. Uh, I'll check back in with you in, in a decade and see where we're at, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, before I let you go, any new products, research updates that you would like to share? Look, I think I'll just, I'll, I'll come back to, as we see this consumer trend emerging, we see it with, with adaptogen beverages, we see it with plant-based, and we're incredibly excited. We think there's a tsunami of command that's about to shift. We have a younger generation that's more concerned about mental health, the environment, and I think we're going to see a, a sea change in consumer packaged goods that we haven't seen for a century, which is when consumer packaged goods were really invented. That's about to happen around some of these categories. And that's where we think is beyond. We're well positioned to help investors capitalize on that and entrepreneurs capitalize on that. So very excited about the opportunity. I'm excited to be able to share the news about Daydream with you today and, uh, and wish everybody a happy new year. Awesome. And one more thing. I mean, Daydream Drinks is in Canada. When can we expect it to be here in the States? Uh, those plans are in the works and, uh, and imminent. So, um, you know, I don't want to speak too directly for the guys in the company, but I've seen the outline of those plans already. So I'm excited uh, for them to be able to announce that more formally, but, uh, but it's coming shortly as they're looking at different test markets. Okay. Pretty excited about it. We will keep our eyes out. Michael O'Coin, CEO of Eat Beyond. Thank you so much for joining me here on the NutriCast. Thank you, Danielle. Great pleasure. If you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.